All right, welcome to um, Draft Utopia on Anchor. Um, Chris Ransom, Orange Sheary here. Why don't you kick lead things off with the big story from the Monday night game involving Devontae Adams? Well, we're going to both have our opinions. We're going to both get into it, but today he was uh, charged as a misdemeanor assault for the Monday night football shove of the cameraman. Um, So there's a few ways you could look at it. Um, And I have a deep thought, not just because I'm uh, I like the Raiders or I just, I love football and football um, I just feel there's different things and now I'm hearing different thoughts from um all around the way that they handled the situation and they should have handled actually more in a a different situation. As we all know, the game was ending. The visitors were running to their locker room. Um, It could have been any player for that matter, but it just happened to be one of the top players in the league. Um, So I don't know exactly. uh, I know somewhat of uh, Chris's opinion and everybody will have their own opinion, I'm sure. Um, some people will be maybe a little bit more on the end. Now, if you're a supporter of Devontae Adams, um, this is I, I, I kind of a, agree with you. Um, there's a many different ways that you could look at this. Uh, Chris, I want you to get give me your little opinions because I, ha- I have a lot to say. <laughs> I understand why the guy wants to charge Adams. It feels like he's just trying to make a quick buck. And at first, you look at the your first impression of this is Devontae Adams ran into that guy. He's a jerk. No, the guy was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He wouldn't get out of the way, and Adams bumped into him. Yes, he was frustrated. He was angry about the loss. Could he have done a better job keeping his emotions in check? Absolutely. I, don't, I can't really argue with any of those things. However, what Adams did, it does sort of come across as wrong, but I also feel like the cameraman or the guy holding the microphone or whatever his role was had no business being in the position he was in, and that's what led to this instigation with him and Devontae Adams. So I kind of have mixed feelings about the whole situation in general. Why don't you break this down? And Okay, so I am, uh, I'm going to put this in one perspective and I'm going to put it in another perspective like you kind of said um uh, let's say you are a person random person and you're walking into a crowd that one person kind of pushes you over and you fall on the floor the guy doesn't say excuse me just pushes you shoves you on the floor this is not a you're not gonna go and charge him with anything or go to the police because he accidentally shoved you and you accidentally fell on the floor because you were in his way you might say the f word or you know or whatever against him now yes Devontae Adams was in uh, uh, wrong. It's, it looks wrong, 
by him pushing the man over that's much looks much smaller than him which is not that much smaller than him it's just Devonte adams happens to be in full pads uh, um and it looks like but you gotta put it on Devonte adams perspective as well as we all know he did apologize pretty much right away it's not like he waited a week to do it and he knew he, he knew he was wrong in doing it but if somebody's walking in the opposite direction of the players, Devontae Adams wasn't going to say, excuse me, um, can you wait until I pass? You know, right, Chris? He's not going to say that. He's not even thinking that. I mean, he is human. Yes. And this guy is going the opposite direction, actually cutting him off. I don't know if he bumped into him, but he cut him off. And I don't know if he cut him off on purpose or not, but he knew exactly what he was doing, the exact moment in time that he saw the players coming in that direction. Devontae Adams was not the first player to go past that section. He should have waited and the and the security should have held him back. Why? Where was the security? Security is supposed to held all the media back until all the players and coaches and staff of the team go through the tunnel. Correct? Yes. So where was the security? Why was the security on the opposite side of where this man, the cameraman, came? It's almost like the security is on the home team side to make sure the home players get back to the locker room safely, but they don't have security for the visiting teams. They should have security for both teams, but... And it just feels like a double standard in that sense. I'm not saying that's what happened. I don't have all the facts, so I can't confirm or deny anything. Look, this is, was a very intense game. This was a rival game. This was... Two minutes before the, or even less than two minutes, I don't know exactly the time, but before the the player who caught the ball, and you could see the tape, um, was taking a 20-yard catch or away from him. And then they, I mean, there's little things that happened during the last two plays of the game you could say it every any which way you can, um, but that's regardless of the fact. I'm 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 not condoning Devonte Adams for pushing him, but then again, people have pushed me, and I'm sure they pushed half of our audience, and we get right up. And I'm saying physically. I am not saying, oh well, somebody put me down. No, I'm saying physically. You got back up. There were maybe much bigger than you, and you didn't do anything. The amount of people that—I mean, even when you're in grade school, people shove you. You're not going to go to your dad the next day and say, "Oh, this guy shoved me. I want to sue him." Correct? Yeah. They know that cameraman and the camera people that work for him good and well know that Devonte Adams has money. And that's the whole issue. The 
other issue is the NFL is very prestigious. The cameraman knows this. They're very prestigious, so they want to have everything clean. They don't want anything um, thing. But the guy didn't. Devonte Adams is not a, did not do anything criminal or a felony or anything like that. He didn't take any illegal substance. Uh, this is not illegal to shove a person in your way. There is no law against it. Um, he didn't sock him or, or force him to the ground. If he was about the same size, he probably would have never felt. And we don't even know if he didn't have the equipment in his hand, how big the fall would be. Correct? Yeah, it, it seems like Devontae Adams was trying to gently push him out of the way, but when you look at it first on film, you get the impression that he escalated. Well, both parties escalated then. Because if you say Adams escalated, but the cameraman didn't, you're being a hypocrite towards the cameraman. And if you say Adams escalated, the cameraman is fine, that seems biased towards the cameraman. Yet on the flip side, if you say the cameraman's just the victim and Adams is the uh, Adams is a, committed a misdemeanor, then that just seems biased. I, I, I'm not even going to start with this because it's just... It just doesn't feel... It feels like both parties need to be held accountable for this. Yeah. So, this is a personal issue now. But I really think the Raiders and the NFL should not get involved. This, yes, it was during and after, after a game. But it's not like... It also handles the stadium, it handles the security, it handles the media. All of this has to come down to this. If you need to protect the other people around, like they protect the fans from going on the field, correct, Chris? Yes. So it's the same thing that has to do with somebody with a media pass. Like you and I had media passes in our lifetime. I'm not going to walk in front of a player who's just lost a game and stop him unless unless he stopped and wanted to interview with us, correct? Yeah. But I'm not going to get and cut him off in his way. That's just being idiotic. Exactly. It's just being foolish because... But anyway... Let's go and talk about the MLB playoffs. And um, Currently, the first game is in a weather delay. Because the game was supposed to start at 4.30 on Fox. And right now, there is rain in Atlanta. It looks like puddles all over <laughs> the stadium. And when I say puddles, it looks a little bit like Hurricane Ian. A little bit. Not a lot. There's no wind, debris, anything. It's just puddles are all over the stadium right now. And if I had to make an estimated projection, I would say all of this will be over by 7.30 or 8 p.m., which means this game is probably going to start around 8.30 or 9.30 p.m. A little bit, not 8.30 or 9 p.m., maybe 9.30 at the latest. A little bit after the Dodgers game starts, because I think that's <laughs> At 7.30 on FS1, correct? Yes. 4.30 your time? All right. Correct. But anyway, the Dodgers 
and the Yankees both won their first games last night. Yankees look very dominant against the Guardians, four to one. Dodgers still on track with the best record in baseball. Dodgers I thought the best game last night was the Astros Mariners game, and the only and I did watch the Phillies Braves game. Phillies blew out the Braves, but I thought the Do, the Mariners Astros game was the best game of the day because the Mariners jumped off to a huge, huge lead, and it was seven to four at one point, and then the Astros came back and won eight oh, yeah, to seven. Astros came back and won eight to seven. But that was just an excellent matchup. Logan Gilbert versus Verlander, and then the Astros' bullpen does enough, and the batters step up. I just thought that was the best game of these playoffs so far. Yeah, I mean, there's a 7-6. Seven to six, um, The Braves and Phillies was very close, too. Okay. And um, the Phillies got one game in Atlanta, which will extend the series so a couple of games can be played regardless in Philadelphia. Do you see Philadelphia going advancing and playing the Dodgers? That's tough because I think... I really believe this could go either way now. At first, I had Atlanta in four games, but I didn't anticipate Atlanta losing game one of the series at home. I think there is one pitcher in this series for the Phillies that can win them a game that is not pitched yet. That's Aaron Nola. If Aaron Nola pitches game three, Phillies go up 2-1, and they have a chance to close this out in Game 4. And if the Phillies somehow win this rain delay game tonight and Nola's starting tomorrow, they're going to have an opportunity to sweep the Braves. But if they don't seize that opportunity, Atlanta could easily come back. So it's really tough to say right now. But I definitely think the momentum's on their side at the moment. What do you think, Warren? Yeah, I just I would love to see the Phillies that haven't been there in a while actually competing in this high level. I like to see the Phillies play the Dodgers, and then my uh, other two. This is my sleeper pick, and I told you this a few weeks ago. I would love the Mariners to beat the Astros, play the Yankees. I don't know um, if the Yankees, you know, the they're not going to beat the Yankees, but it would it would just be luck. To, to see the Mariners back in a divisional... Uh, I would like to see somebody new besides the Astros or Yankees because I'm a Guardians fan and a Guardians-Mariners ALCS would be awesome. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. We're probably going to get Yankees-Astros again for the third time in five years. But I'm with you, Warren. I would like to see something new besides the Yankees and Astros in the ALCS each year. Yeah. Well... Because I think the Astros have made like five consecutive ALCS games. They made the 2017 ALCS, 2018 they lost the Red Sox, they made the 2020 ALCS and they lost the Tampa Bay Rays. And then the other two times, 2017, 2019, they beat the Yankees. And then in 2021, I believe the Astros beat the Red Sox to win the AL last year. So... It's been they've Astros have been to five consecutive ALCS appearances, and now it looks like that's going to be six since they kept, had that comeback win, and they got a lot of momentum heading into Game Two, but that's not till tomorrow. Correct. Yeah. So it's great to see the playoffs are back. Enjoy them. 
few games today. I know one got delayed. Going to be a good one at, at, at Dodger Stadium tonight. And uh, I think the Dodgers will take control and uh, win today and on Friday. I agree with that. Last question before we transition to the NFL. What team... Yeah. What team's window closes if they don't win the World Series this year? I'm going to say the Astros because Verlander's a free agent at the end of the year, and I really believe that. I still think Houston can win their division and be a competitive playoff team, but I believe that with if the Yankees, with their payroll, they'll always be in the hunt, and the Guardians only lose one player to free agency, their catcher, and they drafted a catcher in the first round in 2018. So I, I'm not afraid of losing that player. I think the Yankees and Guardians are probably going to be the two best teams in the AL. I won't be surprised if the Mariners jumped the Astros, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros won their division again. I'm just sort of on the fence. And I just right. well, look at the guys the Astros lost. George Springer, they lost him to Toronto. Correa, they lost him to Minnesota. If Verlander, if the Astros don't get to the World Series, I think Ver, I think they will move on from Verlander and their championship window will close, and it'll just be the Yankees and the Guardians and maybe the Mariners if they can take right. that next step in 2023. A lot of people well, seem to disagree yeah. with that, but what what do you think? Whose window closes oh, after no, this year? People, we forget, but uh, last week, as we know, the Blue Jays, um, I don't think they'll be better than the Yankees, but I think they'll compete again next season. The Blue Jays uh, did very well. In competing in that uh, the, the LEs, and I still think that, that they will. I do like the Mariners as well. It's getting better. Those are two younger teams, um, and then you know the Yankees are going to be unstoppable as far as the AL. Yeah, I see the Astros probably having a decline after this season as well. I mean, the Dodgers. This might be the. Do I want to say this might be the Dodgers last year, but as long as they have Kershaw and they handle free agency correctly, they'll always be in the hunt because they're kind of like the National League version of the Yankees now, with all the success they've had over the years. Have enough money to. <laughs> exactly. I'm not even going to argue with that because I know that's an argument I'm going to lose nine out of ten times. You're going to tell me I'm going to lose that argument ten out of ten times. So we'll just. Roll with it, and we'll move on to the next topic, which is NFL football, I believe, correct? Yes, it is. It's time for to talk about the Thursday night game, which is happening tomorrow. And uh, we got the uh, Bears and the Commanders. And we both discussed this off the air. And I just see the Bears. I'd say the Bears, you know, they go back many, many years. And I just feel that the Bears have what they need to to win this, even though both are not the greatest teams. But the Bears are just more with it. Bears are going to come up winning in a close one, 2017. Yeah, I've got the Bears winning 24-17, to but I'm with you, Orrin. The Bears are just the better team Washington just doesn't have an answer at, on the offensive line. Three of their starters are injured at center, right guard, and right tackle. Everybody on their secondary is having trouble covering. Um, the only player that may keep his job on that secondary is Derrick Forrest, and that's because he had the game-winning interception against the Jaguars in Week 1, but he hasn't really done anything since then. And Chase Young is still out, so there's a lot of problems in Washington to the point where... Carson Wentz 
All he had to do to beat the Titans in week five last week is look to his right on second and goal. He looked down the middle and threw to running back. The running back broke up the pass. Next play, he's intercepted. But on that second and goal, if he looks to his right, there's a wide open Curtis Samuel. Nobody's covering Curtis Samuel. Fulton is covering McLaurin, blanketing him with man and press coverage. So if he just throws a screen pass, he turns his head, looks to the right, throws a screen pass, they win the game. It's that simple, and he didn't do it. But they're not in a position to bench him either because he has the strongest arm on the team, and he's fifth in the NFL in passing yards. It just, it's not a good situation for Washington at the moment. Yeah. I also... You know, just, I don't think it, Washington will be one of those teams that are going to get the first to third pick in the NFL next year. Carson Wentz, I don't think, will be their quarterback. Um, They got Chase Young, he'll come back. I think they'll be very good in the next two years, but not this year. I think they're going to be in the first five to get the, uh, at least maybe three, like I said earlier, as far as the NFL draft pick, that's where the Bears. Are the, that's why they're going to lose today, and uh, that's it. Anyway, let's go to the uh, New England goes to Cleveland. Yeah. And Belichick gets to face his ex team. How about that? Yeah. Um, how about the Browns? Belichick actually wants curse the Browns. That's what uh, people are contemplating. But yes, he did, folks. Um. However, Nick Saban was his 90s. defensive coordinator in the 90s when he was on the yeah. Browns, but that's another story for another day. Um, but the last time they met, Patriots had a great team. Yeah. They defeated the Browns like 45-7. to 7. But this time, they're on a different note, both teams. I'm not... I would take... I'm, I'm just feel that he, Belichick may know how to coach them, and it may, it's going to be a very, very close game. And I think I picked the Browns over the Patriots here by just taking the home team. I'm going to say 24 to 20, the close battle. Yeah, I've got the Browns winning this game. Um, I've o- I only started the write up on the first game. I'm not going to go into too much details here. I'm trying to find my final score. I have the Browns winning 23-13. to I'm going to stick with that score, but this could end up being a little bit closer than that. I do, I do think New England has found their identity in the secondary. At the same time, I think Cleveland has greater talent. But the problem is the Browns are scoring 28-30 points a game, and they're still losing games. That's the big problem with the Browns. They have... Their best defensive tackles only playing 21% of the snaps. So I'm not really sure what to think of this. And I'm going to take the Browns because they're the safer play. Um, the other game before that is um, San Francisco and Atlanta. You want to break that one down? Because okay, so we got San Francisco and Atlanta. Let me see what I put here. Give me a second on the notes. San Francisco Atlanta. First of all, the 49ers are in a mess a little bit. 
but I still seem to have a better team than the Falcons. The Falcons um, actually held their ground almost against the Bucks last week. However, they're, the, they're still the Falcons, and they just hang around. And they will hang around in this game as well. But another close score, I'm going to go with some kind of odd scores just for the hell of it. Do 23-19, to 19, Falcons will lose, 49ers will win. I'm going 27-24 Falcons. And the reason I'm going Falcons is because of all the injuries on both sides of the ball. I'm not going to mention Trey Lance. That's obvious. Trent Williams, left tackle for the Niners. He's out. Jalen Moore's been fantastic in relief. Even Jake Brendel's been able to step up for Alex Mack, who retired. At the same time, the 49ers have a laundry list of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Nick Bosa is out. Eric Armstead is out. Kinlaw is out. Um, Charvaris Ward actually missed the first four games. They said he came back from an injury but came out after a few plays because of broken hand surgery. That's a day-to-day thing. It's only supposed to be one to two weeks, but it's a day-to-day thing. And then the other corner, Emmanuel Mosley, who's actually been playing at a really high level, playing like a number one corner, he is um, out for the year with a torn Achilles. And Jimmy Ward, the starting free safety, has been out. But Tashawn Gibson's been great in relief as a backup. So I'm going to go with Atlanta here because of the injuries. But I do agree with you, Orrin. If both of these teams were fully healthy, I would probably take the Niners. But I'm going to take Atlanta simply because of the injuries on the defensive side of the ball. And the Niners' top two running backs... Tyrion Davis-Price, the backup, and Elijah Mitchell, the starter, they're both injured as well. Jeff Wilson Jr. has been phenomenal in relief of those two the last three weeks, but I think Atlanta does enough to win. They did trade Deion Jones to the Browns, which we didn't mention when breaking down either one of those games. They're going to have a 2024 sixth-round pick, and the Browns are going to have a 2024 seventh. So that is, those are the first three games of week number um. Week number five, week number six, got a three and two, three and two game at Lambeau. Um, why don't you lead off with this one? All right, your kids are going to the big Packers. Uh, the Packers lost to the Giants in London, folks, and it looked like everything would get back on track for them, but they lost. The Jets, they're they want to get back on track. They just look like one of those surprise teams this year. It's a really tough stop, spot to go here, but they're playing in Lambeau, and it's very hard to win there. So Packers win 34-20. to 20. All right. I have the Packers winning 31-14. to 14. I every nobody in Green Bay got injured, and I was really surprised that the Giants won. But we'll get to them in a bit. I'm going Giants. I'm going to go with Packers 31, the Jets 14. The Jets have a ton of injuries at offensive tackle, the point where they've had to move their guard Elijah Vera Tucker over to right tackle, and they had to play him at left tackle too because of how depleted their offensive line is. I'm going to pick the Packers. No injuries for Green Bay on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. They didn't have Jair Alexander in Week 4. They got him back at Week 5. So everybody is fully healthy 
for the Week 6 matchup between these two teams. And as long as Green Bay can keep their lineup healthy, the only game where I think I might actually pick against them is the Week 8 contest against the Bills. As long as they're healthy, they should win every game outside of the Week 8 contest where they head to Buffalo to play the Bills. So I, I agree with you. The Packers are going to win, and this is just the beginning. They head to Washington in Week 7. We both know what's going to happen there, but we're not going to say because we're only focused on Week 6. Um, the Jaguars head to Indy to take on the Colts. And yeah, we, we talked about this game a little bit off the air. Jaguars shut out the Colts in Week 2, if you guys can remember. Um so we know they could stop. But the Jaguars are coming off a bad loss to the Texans. While the Colts just beat the Broncos. I don't know if it's just how much to brag about if you beat the Broncos. The Raiders broke the Broncos. The Colts beat the Broncos. Anyway, the Broncos are in a downfall. Um, so we'll get into that later. So, I, But I see for some reason they're going to put a really, really close spot. This is a rival team. So I'm going to go 24 to 22. 23. We'll say 23. We'll make it a little bit more even. <laughs> well, the good news for the Colts is they might be getting um, some of the players that have been injured. Quiddy Pay is just observing he's out. Quiddy Pay is out. Shaquille Leonard and Jonathan Taylor are out, but Pay got injured in the game. Blackman was not active for Week 5. He's going to be back at safety. Ryan Kelly, um, he got injured in the game as well, so there are some injuries on the Colts. But here's the kicker. I have the Jaguars winning this game, and I have the Colts winning the division. I have both teams winning eight games, and I have the Jaguars sweeping the Colts. But because of the tie with the Texans... The Colts end up winning the division at 8-8-1 eight, eight, despite getting swept by the Jaguars. It's a very messed up situation thanks to the week one tie between the Colts and the Jagu Colts and Texans in Houston. But that's the situation we're looking at because the Colts are one of these teams that has a very easy strength of schedule to end the year. And I've got the Jaguars winning by two touchdowns, 24-10. Minnesota heads to Miami, and it is going to be the first career start for Skylar Thompson. Tua has already been ruled out for this game, and so is the backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. Are you sure uh, Bridgewater is not going to be back? He's all, both quarterbacks are on concussion protocol. Okay. So Skylar Thompson, the rookie seventh-round draft pick out of Kansas State, who came in as a backup last week, is going to be starting. And both offensive tackles for Miami are injured. Both the Dolphins' top two corners missed week five. I like the Vikings here. I'm going 34-14. to 14. With all the injuries Miami has, we saw the Jets score 40 on the Dolphins. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings got 42, but I'm going to be more realistic and say they get 34. But I like the Vikings in this one mainly due to the injuries. It's a shame because if Miami was fully healthy, they might actually be able to win this game. Orrin, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. All right, okay. But I'm taking the Vikings. Who do you got? Yeah, well, 
well, I don't know. I, I'm the Vikings uh, behind Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook. They look very good. I'm gonna take the Vikings thirty to twenty. Okay. Next game, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals and the New Orleans Saints. It's Joe Burrow's reunion in New Orleans. And Saints are pretty much health. Saints are getting Michael Thomas back. I've got the Bengals winning this game. This is my highest scoring game in week number six. I've got the Bengals winning 42-28. I was going to go 42-25 like the Clemson-LSU game. But that's a weird score, and number one with Michael Thomas back, I don't see them. I don't see the Saints getting held to 25 points. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I like new. I like the Bengals over New Orleans by 14. 42 to 28 Bengals. So you said 42 to 28 Bengals. Wow, that's a big score. I, I think I. Did I take the Saints? You did. There? You did. The Saints won last week behind Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill played QB, running back, and wide receiver. You have a guy like that, even if it's against Joe Burrow, and the great the defense might not be able to stop Joe Burrow. I don't care about that. I care about is how much offense of the Saints can be on playing. And I just feel that the Saints are going to run them down just a tad. Yeah, Burrow will get his three touchdowns and be a happy character. But the Saints win in a close battle, 24-21. to 21. Yep, and that's the thing. 42-28, um, you've got the Bengals losing to the Saints. I've I don't got, have 42 to 28. I 40, have 24-21. 24-21 Saints. Orrin's got 24-21 Saints. I've got 42 to 28 Bengals. Okay. So Orrin's got the Saints by a field goal. 24-21. Alright. Ravens head to New York to take on the Giants. I mean, I'm gonna have to I had the Ravens winning 35 to 7 a few weeks ago when I typed the score. I'm gonna have to change this. I'll go. 35 to 21, but I like the Ravens. I think they are going to absolutely dominate the Giants in this game offensively. And with the offense at full health outside of Rashad Bateman, it's only a matter of time until they get back to that high octane offense they had when Lamar Jackson won MVP. I think we're going to see that. And I, I, I'm. Not with you on this one. The Giants folks are 4-0. This is another one. Prove it to game for everybody. If they can reach and close Lamar Jackson out, which is very possible. The Ravens have a very tough defensive coordinator. We know weak Martindale. And trying to slow down will not be easy. But the Giants are look good. They just got off a win with the Packers. I say they'll take advantage of this, actually win in a close battle, 23-20. to 20. Yep. Um, so, current um, weather, yeah, the Giants are 4-1. The only game they lost was the Week 3 game to the Cowboys on Monday night, Cooper Rush. 
they do have momentum right now, and Brian Dable would easily be my coach of the year right now. But I do have an update on the Braves-Phillies game. That is going to start at 7.30 for um, 7.30 Eastern, according to weather reports. But the Ravens, um, I'm, I'm going with the Ravens. Orange taking the Giants. That's going to be a fun game. Um, Tampa Bay heads to Pittsburgh. I think we can just cruise through this game. We don't even need to break it down in depth because TJ Watt is out, Cameron Sutton is out, and... Levi Wallace. So the defensive player of the year in the top two corners for Pittsburgh are injured. Tom Brady is literally going to have a field day in his final appearance in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And most of those appearances were with the Patriots. This one's with the Buccaneers. It is easily the most expensive Steeler ticket to get a ticket to this season. They're charging twice the normal price they would for this game simply because Tom Brady is playing in it. And they know that it's going to sell for that reason. Well, you know, I thought Pittsburgh will would have been good, and they looked really good in the beginning of the year. However, this will be Pickett's first home start, folks, believe it or not. And I know the Bucks are favored big time here. And it definitely... They have one of the better defenses. And Pickett did some good things in Buffalo last week. But the game was over pretty much. And I still think he's learning. He will be one of the better QBs later. He's not 100% ready yet. But I just feel he he's at a team that will strive and will work with him. When he's ready, he's going to look be, be good, and Steelers know how to get a better team. But right now, the Bucks will pull away, and they'll do what a, the Brady special until he retires. The Brady special is thirty-one to seventeen. I've got thirty-five to ten, but I'm with you. Buccaneers win, and it is at least by double digits. I'm surprised the point spread for this game is only minus eight. I think the Buccaneers are going to win by at least 10, maybe 11 or 12 points. So if you can get the Buccaneers at minus 8, jump on that if you're into gambling. But we're not going to encourage or discourage the use of betting. The Rams host Carolina. I'm going to go with the Rams in this one because the Panthers of a new head coach might take some time to adjust. And I just look at the Rams and say they're the better team they're due for a win and it's been this way for a while where the rams they've lost they lost their um they won they they beat arizona and they beat atlanta but they lost to the cowboys they lost the 49ers on the road and they lost the bills at home this is the rams fourth home game of the season i believe on the 17 game schedule and they've got to beat the panthers to save their season they have to Otherwise, they're done. Right. I mean, look. The Rams, look, the Carolina Panthers, they fired Matt Rule. Steve Wilkes takes over for the Panthers as the head coach. Sometimes that may bring life to the team. But I don't know. Rams are going to be desperate for this one. They're a much better team. 
and even if Matt Stanford shows up or not, which he will, it's going to be a cream of the bat. I give him the biggest score that I did this week, 38 to 14, uh, 38 to 10, 38 to 10. My score for this game was 30 to 26. I'm going to stick by that just for the heck of it. We get an offensive game, and we get a lot more offense than either one of us expects because everybody's expecting this to be a defensive game because the Panthers, their defense has been surprisingly well under Steve Wilkes, which is, and on Saturday's podcast, Joey and I said, we went through the entire Panthers coaching page and we were debating, are they going to make Steve Wilkes or Al Holcomb the head coach? And we both came to the agreement that Steve Wilkes is head coach interim head coach and Al Holcomb is interim defensive coordinator is the best direction for the team to go in and surprisingly that's the direction the team chose to go in so you know I'm gonna take the Rams here 30 to 26 but we get a lot more offense than most fans anticipate for both teams but the Rams win right well, let's go to uh, Arizona heads to Seattle. Or we, and the cards in Seattle, yeah. Yeah, this game's going to start at 4.05 currently, but if the Mariners win in the next two days, the schedule will change from 4.05 to 5.30 Eastern, which means while this game's currently in the 11th slot on the site, it could move down to the 12th slot depending on what happens in this game. It could definitely move down depending on whether the game gets pushed back or not. And I'm going to take Arizona 23-20. It's Arizona's last game without DeAndre Hopkins, and then they get Hopkins back for the Week 7 game against the Saints on Amazon Prime next week, which is going to be a lot better than any of the, probably the best game on Amazon Prime since maybe, uh, Week 5 was not a good Amazon Prime game. I'm trying to remember it. I think the Dolphins-Bengals game was the last memorable game on Amazon Prime in Week 4. And that was the game where Tua got injured. So it wasn't necessarily memorable in the best way. The Browns game was a blowout. I thought the best Amazon Prime game, believe it or not, was the Week 2 game. The Chargers-Chiefs, that game was tied in the fourth quarter. That was probably the most competitive game out of every other game on Amazon Prime this year. And I would argue that, and the technical difficulties, there were technical difficulties in that Week 2 game, but I'd argue while Amazon's correct that the technical difficulties, the competitiveness of the remaining games has deteriorated to a degree or in like the competitiveness in Weeks 3 through 5 on Amazon Prime has deteriorated. I don't expect that to I expect that to continue and I know the Colts Broncos game went to overtime but there were no touchdowns in the game none of the fans were happy about that and people were actually leaving the stadium by the time the fourth quarter was over so I'm I I've got the Cardinals winning this 23 to 20 and then they'll have DeAndre Hopkins back for week seven against the Saints uh-huh. so what do you got Orn? Yeah, so this one you're talking about uh, the cards in the Seattle Seahawks, correct? Yeah. Um, I had the cards winning in a close one, thirty-four to thirty. Cool. Um, the Bills and Chiefs. 
Uh, I think the Bills may have more offensive talent. Let me get my. This should. I think they should. They should move this to the Sunday game and the Sunday game to Monday Night Football. Well, the Sunday night game is the Eagles and Cowboys. The four. Yeah, that's what I said. I said the Sunday. Yes. Either way. The, one of the plus other. the cable networks get to protect one game of the year and one game a week. So every CBS and Fox each get to protect one game a week, and they also get one game a year that's exclusive to their network. And guess who CBS picked as their game of the year back when the schedule came out? This game. So it can't be moved even if. The league wanted to move this game. They can't legally move it because it's the game CBS chose to protect for the entire year. Mm. Kind of sucks from a legal standpoint, but... That ain't gonna happen anyway. Not, nonetheless, let's do our picks. I've got the Chiefs winning 30-24. to 24. I have this game going to overtime. I think the for the first time in this rivalry, Josh Allen probably has the better weapons. Because the last two years, Mahomes has had the better supporting cast, better offensive line play, Tyreek Hill. Um, but J- Allen got Spencer Brown at right tackle in the draft, and from that point, it just felt like the Bills were catching up. And then you add Saffold through free agency, you add all these weapons that the Bills got. Buffalo probably has, I'd say for the first time in this rivalry, Buffalo has the better supporting cast for Josh Allen offensively. Now, I still think the Chiefs have a very good defensive team. Carl Loftus and Frank Clark, um, Mike Dune and Carlos Dunlap for depth. I would argue that the talent level for Kansas City on defense is better than it's been in years. And they're getting Trent McDuffie, who was, uh, who was targeted zero times in 21 snaps against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. His man coverage and press coverage was that stout that Kyler Murray did not even throw his way. So what's Josh Allen going to do if he's able to blanket Diggs in his first game back since his injury? That's why I'm taking the Chiefs. But I think it's going to be a... It's going to be a decathlon-type game, back-and-forth scoring on both ends, kind of like the playoff game, and I'm going 30-24 to 24 Chiefs in overtime. 30-24 Chiefs in overtime. I don't think they're going to get caught in overtime. I don't think there's going to, it's going to be a close game. If it becomes a close game, the Chiefs are going to lose, and this is what happens. Chiefs just got... Unless <coughs> Mahomes gets the uh, the benefit of the doubt like he did last week, the Chiefs will lose and the Buffalo Bills will win. However, this is the problem. And I do see Kansas City trying to take control of it. If they, t- if they win by more than a touchdown, they win the game. But if they don't, and it's a close game, the Bills will win. So I'm taking the Bills in a close one, and it's going to be a kind of a high-scoring game, kind of, um, both offense. But defenses are going to be good, too. I'm going to say 27-24, I have the Bills winning. All right, that's fair enough. I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game either way. 
And I do think we will see these two teams again at the end of the year in the AFC Championship as long as they get the top two seeds. And at the rate this season's going, I see that happening. I know a lot of people want something new because the Chiefs and Bills has become about as repetitive as Manning versus Brady, but I don't see anything else happening at this point unless some of the other teams like the Bengals, the Ravens, they're able to catch up with the standings and make things more interesting. Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys head to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. I've got the I've got the Eagles winning this game 31 to 24, a defensive game, an offensive game with a defensive interception by Philadelphia at the end. And I think it's a lot more competitive than most people think. And we can see it 28... Oh, I'll go 28-24. I'm going to go 28-24 because the Eagles injuries in the offensive line. But it's a very close game. I'm going to go Eagles by four. Well, you really can't get a better NFC matchup this middle of the season almost as you could ask for right now. Um... And this is Sunday night, just like it's programmed at the end of the year to be. We couldn't ask for a great matchup like this. This is a nice matchup on NBC. This is one of the best games of the week that I see it. Cowboys defense against the Eagles offense will be the deciding factor. Cowboys rush is fierce. Dak Prescott is could be back. Uh but Cooper Rush has played pretty good while his absence. Uh, Jalen Hurts, that guy, no, no problem. Either way, you have it. Eagles are at home. Try to play in Philadelphia, folks, and be the Cowboys. It ain't easy to win. I like your first score, but I'm going to even give the uh, Eagles a little bit more leeway. Cowboys are going to take a tough loss, 31-20. to 20. All right. Final game is the Monday night game. It is the Chargers and the Broncos. It is both teams, both Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert, neither team has their offensive tackle here. Um, I've got the Chargers winning this game. Right now I have the Chargers winning this game 20-10. to 10. A defensive game, very dull type of game, but I have the Chargers winning a defensive type of game, 20-10. to 10. Yeah, so anyway, the Chargers are home again. They were home last week, I believe, in L.A. As you can say, I don't know about L.A. Well, that's a whole other discussion. This def- defense continues to have issues on, but they're playing a team that has so many issues. Russell Wilson in my last uh, um, written down notice um, basically I basically stated I one of my contributions for this year is Russell is the biggest overall rated quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, I just feel He's hurting. The situation's hurting. He's a crybaby. He just doesn't want to be there. Justin Herbert wins. Right, gets right down to business. I get. I think he gets four touchdowns, 
Maybe I'll throw in a field goal. 31-17 Chargers, San, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, excuse me. <laughs> but anyway, Chargers win. All right. Um, there are a few college football games on this weekend that feature undefeated teams. Um, Alabama plays Tennessee. Um, Tennessee has more returning starters on offense and defense than Alabama. We don't know about Bryce Young's status yet. Alabama did get some talent through the transfer portal. Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. Jermaine Burton from Georgia. Um, that's going to be a fun game. You've got Penn State, Michigan. And you also have TCU versus Oklahoma State. So there's three games involving undefeated teams this weekend, Oren. And I think it's a pretty exciting time to be a college football fan when you've got a Big Ten game with two unbeatens, a SEC game with two unbeatens, and a Big 12 game with two unbeatens in the same weekend. Well, I mean, first of all, you do have Utah and USC. We didn't, you didn't mention that. The Pac-12 one. game, so the Pac-12 has that game too. But I put it on the fourth, the second tier of games because the other three games all feature teams with zero losses. But it is a good game, too. You're right. Or because Utah's got a really good corner in Clark Phillips the third. USC's got a first-round receiver in Jordan Addison. Well, That's a great I'd match. Say, remember, whoever wins this game, if, you, if USC wins, we have a very no who's going to win. USC, UCLA pretty much are the best teams in that part of the conference. And then probably Oregon. I don't see anybody else competing right now if Utah loses. If Utah wins, then there's a fourth person in the picture. You get my pick. That's, that's why I'm saying. I do like, who do you like? I'm, I got a few minutes. Who UCLA, do you like? UCLA, I think there's four teams in the Pac-12. There's the three obvious teams, UCLA, USC, Oregon, that were all in the preseason top ten, and then the fourth team is UCLA. And then there's everybody else for the Pac-12. You but. just mentioned UCLA twice. I meant only meant to mention them once, okay? I didn't mean to mention them twice. I was just then USC, UCLA, and Oregon. Utah already lost twice. US Utah lost to Florida in the opener, but I think they've won every other game since then. Uh, I don't. Um, nope. They didn't. They play UCLA already and lost. Oh, they lost to UCLA last week. Yes, sir. Okay, so that means UCLA, Utah's pretty much out of it, and it's Utah. It's USC, UCLA, and Oregon. Basically, unless Utah plays spoiler, they're done. And I like, I, I, I do think that's, Utah that's wins. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. anyway, back to Penn State, Michigan. Who you got? I'm going with the Wolverines, the maize and blue. I'm not saying Penn State can't win this game. I just, I have, a, there's a little bit of uncertainty. I do like Penn State's secondary better than Michigan's. But too much J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Ryan Hayes at left tackle in this Michigan defensive line. I like the Wolverines at home, that crowd in Ann Arbor with lots of people in the six digits, 100,000 yeah, people. this is one of the most underrated games of the week. I love this battle. Top 20, uh, 10 battle, you could say Wolverines look great. Yes, Penn State's good. 28 is my picture for the Michigan, 24. Let's go to the two more games that you mentioned. Tennessee, Alabama. Who you got in this one? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Alabama, 
but I think it's by a field goal. Everybody's saying Alabama's going to win by 10, 17, 20. It's going to be blowout. No. This is going to be a close game. I could even see Tennessee winning this game as well. But I'm going to go with Alabama. I'm going to go 27-24. I think it's going to be a field goal type game at the end. Whoever has the ball last wins. Look. Hooker, Young. Who do you like? I, I like Hooker, but we're going to take Alabama 31-24. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually agree with you, Warren. I think Hendon Hooker actually has the better overall game, but Alabama finds a way to win at the end. Well, that's it uh, for us today. Wait, Oklahoma, we got one more game, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and TCU. Oklahoma State versus TCU really quickly. I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Wait, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to take these frogs and go 34 to 26. It, it could happen. Quentin Johnson went off last week. 14 receptions, 200 yards, and a touchdown. He just... Yeah, you cannot... I love this guy. If you go, go, go look at him. Max Duggan, the quarterback from the... He, he looks a very good. 14 touchdowns already, 1,300 passing yards. I just looked on it before the show. You guys got to look at this kid. Very clean. I just like what I see. I just see the TCU going to pull this one off. Yeah, but that's going to be a fun game, and there's a lot of fun games in college football this weekend. So thank you guys for tuning in to this show. It's, and we had, and I, we had a lot of fun breaking this down. I'm also leaning towards Union over Austin FC in the MLS Cup, and I'll explain why on Saturday. I'm not going to go in-depth with that now. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. And enjoy MLB playoffs, enjoy week six in the NFL, enjoy college football, enjoy the MLS, enjoy the NHL games on tonight. So long, that's Orange Fury. I'm Chris Ransom. We're signing off. Nate.